0: Hey everybody! This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal Constitution, coming to you from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Where Atlanta United defeated Orlando City four to nothing on Saturday, in front of a announced crowd of seventy-one thousand nine hundred and thirty-two, making it the most attended soccer game in the world on Saturday. That comes with a caveat that there are no leagues playing this Saturday. There was only two World Cup games, but still, it's the second highest attended game in MLS history. And even had every league be playing, it would likely still be top five, because there are only a few stadiums that are as large as Mercedes-Benz around the world that host soccer games. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore, 92.9, and SoccerDownHere.com. How are you, Jason?
1: I'm good. Yeah, that was fun tonight.
0: Yeah, let's do some housekeeping super quick. Uh, Joseph Martinez started the scoring uh, in the third minute. Miguel Amaron won in the 55th minute. Ezequiel Barco, 57th minute. And then Almiron again in the 78th minute. Atlanta United now has 37 points with NYCFC's loss to a rallying Chicago. Atlanta United's lead is at least six points, could be five, depending upon the Red Bulls uh, game, which is tomorrow, I believe, uh, in the East. But Atlanta United, uh, it was a probably one of the better games I've seen them play in, in a while. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great second half. First half, um, you got the start that you wanted. And credit to Orlando, they didn't fold.
0: Nope. They,
1: they, they hung around. They weren't exactly convincing and hanging around, but they did. Atlanta kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit after the early goal. That was uh, really the only disappointment from an Atlanta perspective. A little shaky at the end of the first half. Mikey Ambrose with a big defensive play on the post on a set piece, denying Tarek. Um, I thought Ambrose was outstanding tonight. He was our man of the match on the two nine broadcast. But Franco Escobar was great defending as yeah, well. He's
0: got so much speed. It's unbelievable how fast he is.
1: What I love about Franco Escobar is he never still. He never stops. He makes a pass. He gives you a run. Even if he doesn't get the ball back, he, he makes that run and opens things up. Really impressed with him. Uh, second half was outstanding. Love to see Joseph Martinez playing provider a little bit tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, great ball to Miguel Almiron on that break. Started with Tito Vichalva with defensively at the top of the 18, carrying it out of his own half. Um, Almiron, great tonight. I thought Barco was really good tonight. Created a lot of dangerous opportunities. A little more decisive from him in the final third. If, if there's any criticism, it, it's just that. You, know, you want to see this team a little more north-south at times in the final third, but talked about this on, on 92.9 uh, just a minute ago. You have to take into account Atlanta United had about 70% of the possession in the first half. And that wears teams out. And Atlanta has been so good in the second half this year. 25 goals in the second half now. I think a big part of that is how hard they make teams work in the first half and they kind of just grind them down.
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I thought that Barco and Viaba struggled a little bit in the first half. I, I thought Barco had way too many turnovers. Um, he
1: was trying to make more things happen. Yeah, that's a good And thing. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm okay yeah, with the turnovers good. if it's for that reason.
0: Viaba is still not right. I don't know what's wrong with him, he but he's played. still not right. It's his rhythm. Um, but here's my favorite stat of the game. Joseph Martinez, the lone striker in Atlanta United's formation, 90 minutes, two shots, went on target, one chance created, 26 touches, 21 passes, 81% passing accuracy. Dom Dwyer, who Orlando traded a buttload of allocation money for to Sporting Kansas City. That's a lot. 90 minutes, no shots, no chances created, 26 touches, 14 complete passes, 64.3% passing accuracy.
1: He fell down in the box once.
0: Yeah, this team, Orlando is just not very good. Um,
1: There's no reason for it either. No nah, they have I, talent.
0: But I mean it was kind of summed up by Will Johnson missing an open goal mm. uh, in the second half. The game was pretty much already decided, mm. but he just flat missed an open goal.
1: Oh, Will Johnson, our good friend Will Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Mike Conti called him uh, Charlie Brown tonight after that <laughs> one and it, it just kind of looked like it. he had a yellow. He had a uh, pass that I think was intended for Bendick that ended up as a throw for Atlanta in the final third, and that pass was made from the midway line. I mean, it just what a night for Will Johnson. It was, uh, it was kind of, you know, just showed how Orlando is so disjointed right now. you look at the attack for them, I just don't get it. Don Dwyer, we know what he can do in this league. Sasha Kleschen, we know what he can do in this league. Why is Sasha Sasha is playing a number eight for this team when they can't create anything? They haven't scored in about 300 minutes, and you're playing Sasha Kleschen as an eight in the second half? Okay. Uh, Jose Coleman looks really good when he gets on the field. He runs at players 1v1, and he can create things, and he's fast. Didn't see him tonight. Chris Mueller, a lot of energy starts to create things. We're not seeing enough from him. Justin Merrim is getting so abused by his own fan base that he, he needs some time off. And I saw more stuff tonight from their fan base and recognized supporters groups that would just shock you when Justin Merham has been a top-level player in this league and he has a goal and three assists this season. It's not like he's been doing absolutely nothing. Jose Coleman has the same stats. He's not getting yelled at like that. It's It's a mess. And... O'Connor's coming into this out of USL is he going to be able to have the time to fix it? I mean the messages are so mixed out of Orlando right now Mm -hmm. Jason Christ issued a statement today talking about how he expected more time He, he had this team injured most of the season he never really got to have his starting 11 on the field very much I was shocked they fired him when they did because they didn't have any kind of an answer as to what to do we see it tonight. They looked incredibly disjointed. It looked like a team that didn't even know each other's names at times. And now you're asking a manager to step up from USL and earn the respect of a locker room that appears to be broken without any leadership. Right. I don't know if anybody could go in and do that.
0: Yeah, it's a... I mean, Jonathan Spector just had a nightmare of a game tonight. Got beat by Martinez... Uh, On the first goal, got his pocket picked by Almiron. on the last goal. Just does not look fast enough to play against some of these teams in the East. Look, this is is not a
1: video game. You can't just put Specter, Tarek, and Sané in a three-man back line and expect it to work. Right. That's what's been so crazy about Orlando. It's just no real thought process in creating a system of play. I don't know what they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah, when they're – When their formation came out with a three man back line and and four midfielders ahead of that, and only three guys really going forward, it's like they're going to get killed.
1: And it played like a 5 3 2. On this
0: size of a field, they are going to get destroyed. Uh, And that's what happened. But going back to to your stuff, one of the things that I learned uh, in pursuing an NBA and completing that is one of the hardest things to change in a business is a culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost impossible without a total house housecleaning uh, or, or influencers. And Orlando City just lacks all of that. They, they can't win with this group. I think that's not been proven. They've lost eight consecutive games. Mm-hmm. Even in their six-game winning streak, there were warning signs about what was about to happen because they kept falling behind, but they kept rallying. Now that's not happening. Their CEO has already said that the next manager, O'Connor, has to lead this team to the playoffs with this group of players. There are no more. Maybe a couple of moves, he said, but yeah. there are no more players coming.
1: There's no allocation okay. money.
0: Yeah. They, they, they spent their money in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, Kleshton, okay, it's a, he's, a, he's a decent player, but at, at this stage, again... I guess a team like Atlanta United, he's not fast enough. On a field this big, he cannot keep up with guys like Almar. You can't Baza. play him as an eight.
1: That's the thing. It's, uh, it's Sasha I, I just don't know,
0: I don't know where you play him. Well, the no,
1: that you do exactly what New York did. Sasha Klushin is the back-to-back assist leader in this league.
0: Yeah, he also had Bradley Wright Phillips.
1: Well, he also had defensive midfielders behind him. And, and that's, that's true. the thing. If you're going to be a number 10 and Sasha Klushin – Everybody wants to say, well, he played as an eight for Anderlecht. That was a long time ago. Yeah, was a all long, right? long time ago. he can't run anymore. Right. He can still deliver a quality pass. We saw it a couple times tonight. You can't ask him to play an eight. You can't ask him to sit with Rudy Russell and get anything out of him. You are taking what you spent, you, you said a buttload for Dwyer, right?
0: Yeah. So at the time it was a record.
1: Yeah, it, not quite as big of a buttload for Sasha Kleschen, but you spent right. a ton of money to bring in a player to spearhead your attack, and then you ask him to play as an eight. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. You have to have him pulling the strings. And Dom Dwyer can score goals, just like Bradley Wright Phillips can, but you have to get them together. When one is playing at the top of his own defensive box and the other is the forward, Sasha Kleschen has no connection with Dom Dwyer. This team... Is broken. The body language is bad from a lot of players. question is one of those who constantly seems to be arguing with teammates. Sané has some awful body language at times, and he's been asked to leave his last two clubs in Europe, so that's why he's here. He was free. This is a team that is just an absolute mess right now, and we've talked about how Atlanta has shown the right way forward to build a team, and you would expect that LAFC will continue on the path they're on. You would expect that Cincinnati comes in and does what they do. NYC has built a quality club at the exact same time Orlando has. Orlando's been passed by three expansion teams. Two of them came in two years and three years after they did. I don't think there is anything right now that will tell me that FC Cincinnati can't be better than Orlando next year. It's that bad. And like you said, they don't have influencers. They don't have a proper culture. If they have influencers right now, they're all negative influencers.
0: And MLS isn't built to turn over a club and, and turn yeah. it into an instant winner. Now, parity will help, but the East isn't going to get any worse. No. Um, in fact, it's getting better. Um
1: you think Miami's going to come in and not try to uh, well, be a great I, team I, off the
0: bat? I'll believe Miami when I actually <laughs> they're, coming, they're coming, they're coming. I don't even want to talk about Miami. <laughs> uh, Sacramento will fill the team before Miami ever fills a team. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll bet you something. I just don't that. have the, the mental energy to think about Miami. let uh, to go
1: Miami, come on, Doug. Uh, whatever. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Maybe Michael Bradley will play for him.
0: Yeah, do will cost them a whole bunch of games like he's cost Toronto this season. <laughs> um... But this this was a good performance by Atlanta United. It wasn't a complete performance that they could have easily been down one, two to one at halftime. Uh, but Orlando, being Orlando, they could not take advantage of those opportunities, um, and so Atlanta United walks out with a four to nothing win. It's fifth shutout this season. Uh, big big road game road stretch coming up at Dallas, uh, which posted a win on Friday at Minnesota. And then at Philadelphia, which uh, just got thumped by LAFC tonight, 4-1, mm. uh, to one, I think cool. was the final score on that one. Um, Philadelphia is just a weird team, so they'll play well, and then they don't play well. They'll play well, they don't play well they do not play well. But it's a tough road stretch. If, if Atlanta United gets at least four points out of this, um, then you can almost start to put a ticker on locking up the playoff slot mm-hmm. for how many points are left. It's
1: getting um,
0: to that point, Kansas City losing to Montreal tonight puts Atlanta United firmly in the driver's seat for the supporter shield. Uh, I can't believe Sporting KC lost to Montreal, which has now won three out of four. Um, but they did. Uh, NYFC got beat by again a rallying Chicago to uh, three to two tonight. Uh, New England held on and won. Beat DC three to two, I believe it was, and Columbus beat Real Salt Lake. Uh, Is either two to nothing or two to one. Um, so Orlando's hopes of making the playoffs are just getting once again more and more remote, as are Toronto's, DC United. Wayne Rooney can score however many he wants to score. They're not going to make the playoffs.
1: DC United's making the playoffs before Orlando.
0: <laughs> that now that could be.
1: And DC, uh, D- but I'm it'll not be rolling, next year. I'm not rolling DC out, <laughs> but
0: it'll be next year.
1: We will. Uh... It ain't going to be this year. We will uh, put a Coke on that one because I I think D.C. makes the playoffs.
0: Well, I hope you're getting that giant foam cowboy hat. (laughs) Uh, Because if Atlanta United wins the MLS Cup, you are wearing that giant foam cowboy hat Yeah, Uh, instead of a cane goal. But anyway, um, one last thing about tonight's game. One of the things that Miguel Almiron, he's probably the best player in Major League Soccer top three, easy. He's the best. Um, two goals tonight, so he now has, I think it's eight goals and seven assists now this season. I may be off by one in one of those think categories. Right. Uh, but I, th- I think he's eight and eight. Okay. I think it's eight and eight, eight and seven. Anyway, he had a play in the first half. Orlando had a counterattack. I think it was a giveaway by, by Viaba, led to a counterattack. Miguel came all the way down the field and broke up the pass at the top of the mm-hmm. penalty box. Yep. It's that kind of stuff that is going to make him a success in Europe. He's not getting sold this transfer window. It's not happening. The winner transfer window, if he wants to go, if Atlanta gets a good price for him, but that's the kind of stuff that's going to make him a success wherever he may go next, Europe, Mexico, who knows. Um, But that's why he's the best player in Major League Soccer.
1: That's the difference between Atlanta, United, and Orlando City. Is I thought Mike really said it well on the broadcast tonight. You saw one team that looked like they really don't like each other very much. And you saw another team that was constantly having each other's back. Almiron bailed Tito out of a bad pass. I remember a play down on this side of the field where Ezekiel Barco tracked back and made a big tackle on the edge of the box and Brad Gazan came sprinting out of the goal to pick him up before taking a goal kick, that's the work you see from this team. And you don't see that from Orlando. Atlanta has
0: that that work ethic and that camaraderie. I'm paraphrasing something Martino said tonight about Almiron that you'll see hopefully in a story I write either when I get home in the middle of the night or tomorrow morning. Uh, That when Almiron's teammates see him Working like that. They know that he projects better than any of them do in terms of future success at, at another club or a bigger league or something. But they don't begrudge him for that because they see how hard he works mm-hmm. and how complete he tries to be. He gets knocked around. He got knocked around a bunch tonight. He gets back up again. He's sprinting within five seconds. Yep. Um, and so they, they know... I'm going to work as hard as he does because he's our on-the-field leader, and that's what we do. And you, when you talk about players you know, with bad body language and not liking each other very much, if you didn't know Joseph Martinez and you saw the way he act, acts in some games, you would think, my gosh, I wouldn't want that guy on my team. But the difference is Martinez is, is focused only on himself, basically, when he fails to score. It, he doesn't right. lash out at teammates. He doesn't have that's bad body language toward other teammates, it's all kind of on him. Yep. Um, Is he great talking to us after the game? No. He didn't want to talk tonight. He scored a goal and had assists, but he didn't want to talk tonight. He did answer one question about Dragon Ball Z, which is the goal celebration (laughs) that he and Miguel Amaron do. That Uh, is
1: really becoming a thing. Which was kind of
0: funny. Uh, And I might write about that, too. There you go. But it's self-contained. Orlando seems to be kind of a spreading thing. It's a culture. It's a culture that it looks like, in my opinion, the franchise encourages. I mean, last year we saw when Atlanta United went down to Orlando for that very first game, and Atlanta United supporter got beat up by Orlando fans, posted the video on Instagram. I don't know why he got beat up. He could have been the instigator, and this was a result. I do not know. But all I remember is I saw the video. I went to Orlando City's communications department, and I said, hey, do y'all want to issue a statement about behavior? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, that's not our problem. That's not on our stadium ground. That's not our problem. Mm -hmm. I was stunned that that was their approach. And it wasn't just like, oh, let's think about it. It was, no, we don't want to issue a statement. I mean, it was pretty just kind of flat. And then the TIFO came out. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead TIFO... Which was a good idea because it is tied to Atlanta where it's filmed. But it was a scene of about to be a murder with a weapon pointed at Atlanta United supporters. Mm-hmm. How can a front office approve that kind of image in their stadium? I mean, it's no wonder that the fans are, are saying these things to the players, or at least to one player. It it's, it's, goes back to what I was talking about, about changing a culture.
1: That's something that I... And and in
0: the chants during the game. Yeah. But both last year and this year, the number of curse words that you could hear on television being chanted by Orlando. I've been to almost every stadium in the league now. The language in that stadium is by far the worst I have ever heard.
1: There's been one broadcast in an opposing stadium that we've had to turn down the crowd noise because of the cursing in the chants. And we've had to do it every match there because it's clear as day Um, the one thing that I am forever thankful for is that from day one Atlanta United has created a very positive very inclusive culture and that has passed on to the supporters groups who are kind of front and center in creating that culture and they put forward a very inclusive positive message and you don't have this type of stuff Of course, there's always isolated incidents. Of course, there's always somebody on Twitter who says something stupid to a player. We know this happens, but it is nowhere close to the toxic culture that seems to surround Orlando just far too often. And it all, at this point, looks like it just continues to fester, and it's not helping... Anything when you have the incidents with Maram on social media, and now you have fans questioning him and saying that he's either making it up or he has to prove it, and it's just
0: yeah, a nightmare. Somebody was saying that to me. Where's the proof on Twitter? I was like, yeah. y- you think he's making up death threats?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's it's not like, helping what? his career yeah. by making that up. So- you say he's trying to force a move. I mean, and So where? you flip it around.
0: A person would... Would rather make up receiving a death threat or a threat of death because he said it wasn't a death wish rather than play for your club. What does that say about your club?
1: That's the problem. I mean, that's that's just that's where we're at right now with this club. It should not be this. They had everything going for them coming in, but when you don't get the culture right from day one and then you allow it to continue. You get what's happening right now. A team that looks like it is on course to miss the playoffs again. A club that has not made the playoffs in its history. And a club that has been lapped by the team it came in with, NYC in 2015. A team that has been lapped by Atlanta United, who's in their second year. And a team that's been lapped by a team, LAFC, that's in its first year. And a team that will probably be lapped by FC Cincinnati next year. That's Orlando City for you.
0: All right. Again, Atlanta United defeats Orlando City 4-0 here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on goals from Joseph Martinez, Miguel Almoron, twice scoring, uh, and Ezequiel Barco uh, with his fourth goal this season in the league, I believe it is. He had another one in U.S. Open Cup play. Uh, It came in front of 71,932 tickets sold and distributed, making it the second largest attendance in MLS history. Atlanta United now owns the top four regular season attendance totals, as well as the highest season average, as well as the highest playoff single-game ticket sold. Uh, Atlanta United returns to action on the 4th of July, Wednesday, at Dallas, and then at Philadelphia on Saturday. Jason, what do you have coming up?
1: Uh, Overreaction Monday on soccer down here. I'm curious to see what people will overreact about. I'm intrigued. Uh, 9 a.m. (laughs) – 11 Monday to Friday. Uh, we will be taking July 4th off. Uh, I'll be on a plane when we would normally be doing the show. Uh, but follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Soccer Down Here. You can follow me on Twitter at Longshoe.
0: And I have to point out, I did get the score tonight right on the Soccer. You down did. Here you formations. nailed it. Um, I'll, I've posted the game story with quotes. I've posted the player ratings with a lot of comments from Martino. I'll uh, obviously I'll post this. Or you want to listen to it? Uh, And I'll probably have something on a few things uh, tomorrow and Monday on uh, Gressel in the role as Darlington Nagby, which we didn't get to talk about tonight, but he did very, very well. Uh, Miguel Almiron, uh, the Dragon Ball Z fusion goal celebration. And as I go through the quote sheet, anything else that I think I could turn a story from. All right. Y'all have a good night. Follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. On Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Please subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and we'll talk to you later.
1: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Niggett are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the
0: podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
1: And I'm Ned Ravone, mm-hmm. lifestyle columnist.